The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Oh, yeah. It's time to mix the martial arts. Mmm. UFC Austin preview show starts now. That was kind of a uh, subdued intro there, Casey, but we appreciate it very much. Yes, the UFC is back in the United States. They're in the Lone Star State. And tomorrow, UFC Austin goes down. And a very interesting, very pivotal main event in the UFC's featherweight division between Calvin Cater and Josh Emmett. This is actually a really good fight night card, and it's going to be in front of fans, and it should be a lot of fun. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the live UFC Austin preview show here on MMAfighting.com. I am Mike Heck. Got the new background here. It's Beachwood. Beachwood is what we're calling it, but Command Center 4.0 chipping away at this whole thing. You still hear a little bit of an echo, but we're going to get past that. We're going to build something else. So hopefully that's going to be gone and then we're ready to go from here on up. But joining me in this very special edition is the best friends edition of the live preview show, He's my best friend and yours, Mr. Alexander Cayley. Hey, buddy. What's up, my best friend? Hello. How are you doing? How are you doing on this on this fine post-NBA Finals day? I was hoping you weren't going to bring that up, but since you had to be a, a jerk, I'm doing I, okay. I just said, I didn't say who won. I didn't say who lost. I just said the NBA season is over. We're all, you know. That what background is, you the, have. is that background real? So real, dude. Reach behind, swing your arm around for the for the for the, for the viewers. <laughs> what? Hear that? Hear that solid wood, dude? Oh my gosh! I thought I I thought that was an, I thought that was an illusion. <laughs> You'll never know, AK. You'll never Man. know. But what we do know is that we got fights tomorrow. We got fourteen of these bad boys, and normally we have to kind of pick and choose which fights are really interesting. And really fun, but I feel like we got a whole bunch to choose from here today. I'm very curious what the gymnastics scale is for a card like this. This is one of the better fight night offerings we've had in the last years, I think. Well, listen, I'm going to leave that to the. So I'm going to leave some of that to the to the listeners, to the viewers. Uh, I put up a poll on YouTube. <laughs> what is your rating for the UFC Austin lineup out of ten? Normally, I'll go. Normally, I'll provide a range. You know, you can only do four options on on YouTube, so it's like ten and like seven to nine and whatever. whatever. This time, I was very specific. I said uh, 10, 7.4, 4.8, 
and 1.589246. So uh, people vote in the poll now. Uh, you know, whatever number is closest to your your estimation of the card. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm lean, leaning closer towards 10. I love this lineup top to bottom. I'm, I'm evaluating it as a whole, not just the main card, including the prelims. So I'm going to go as high as to say, well, Mike, can I, can I, can I couch the statement carefully? Yeah, you can do whatever you want. Is that is that acceptable? Okay. I, I, I Listen, I'm known for being a fence sitter, and I am. I'm a proud fence sitter, but I need to people to understand the context of the rating. So when you have something like, let's say, UFC 275, which we now, looking back on it, may, may, probably the best pay-per-view of the year, super exciting card. But but we say that because there's like finishes and there's, you know, and that usually happens when there's lower level fights or mismatches. I think there's a lot of really good matches in this card, which could mean competitive fights and decisions and people don't always equate that with necessarily being exciting but i like to see like i like good competitive fights i don't always want to see some 30 second knockout because the people are mismatched so with that said i'm i wanted to go nine because i love the quality of the lineup but if we're just talking sheer entertainment value highlights and potential storylines i'll drop down to eight points eight point six this could be an eight point six if everything if everything lands, that's a pretty uh, that's a pretty good score. I haven't heard you use an eight point something to describe a fight night card in quite some time, so that's really good. But I think a big part of that is this main event between Calvin Cater and Josh Emmett, big one at one forty five. Of course, we got the title fight coming up in less than two weeks between Alexander Volkanovsky and Max Holloway, and then two weeks after that, we got Yair Rodriguez versus Brian Ortega. So the stakes are very high here. Two guys who have not fought for the title, who want to lay claim to a title shot, and both would have very interesting arguments in Cater and Josh Emmett. I love this matchup. Betting lines, AK, I know you were on No Bets Barred with Jed Mishu talking about making some picks and betting lines. Calvin Cater, minus 245 favorite here, the comeback on Josh Emmett, plus 205. Are you surprised by this, or do you think right now the betting community has this thing swaying in the in the perfect direction right now? Uh, I think that people are right. I think people respect Josh Emmett. Josh Emmett is 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 a veteran. He's a great, well-rounded fighter. You know, he's got he he can he can uh, sprawl and brawl. He's he's got knockout power. We've seen him end fights with one shot. The Michael Johnson fight, where he probably would have lost if he had uh, gotten that knockout uh, late in the fight. So people have a lot of respect for him. But I think Calvin Cater, for a long time, people have kind of viewed him as someone again, maybe not a top five guy, but someone who's almost like a top five gatekeeper. And when he was able to bounce back from that loss to Max Holloway with what he did to Giga Chikadze, so much faith – one, so much faith was restored. And two, it possibly raised his ceiling again. Now, not for me. You and I and the rest of the MMA fighting staff have kind of discussed – You know, I think we have varying um, degrees of, of confidence in whether he'll ever actually you know, challenge for a title someday. I'm leaning towards no, and that's not a bad thing. I think you can make a lot of money being a top five gatekeeper, being an exciting guy, a guy who headlines uh, UFC Fight Night cards. Um, but I understand why people would are optimistic and would say for sure if the cards fall right, he gets a win. UFC Austin picks up another ranked win after that. Why can't he be in there with the Volkanovski? Why can't he be in there with the Holloway? Why can't he be in there with whoever happens to be holding the featherweight title six, seven, eight months from now? It's it's possible. It's possible. Again, I I would bet against it. Not that I actually bet on things, uh, but I but I can see why. So in that sense, the minus you said minus two forty five, right? Uh, minus. 
Yep, minus 245. Minus 245. I think that's more than reasonable. And again, it's nothing against Josh Emmett. It's just how good Calvin Cater looked in that. You just don't we, – we talked about it so much. You just don't see guys uh, suffer, you know, one of the most one-sided – like beatdowns in UFC history and then coming back and then doing something like that to a top under like a guy who was undefe- undefeated in the UFC. Uh, it was so impressive. So yeah, I mean, I think the, the betters absolutely, or the odds makers, I should say, uh, are absolutely justified in setting where it was. And I know, and why the line moved to, uh, I assume moved towards 245. So when a lot of people break this fight down, they think that the, the volume striking of cater, the overall boxing pedigree is just better than Josh Emmett. Now, Josh can box pretty well also, but he has just incredible power. He could turn your lights out with one shot. But Cater's just so durable, man, and Emmett can wrestle too. What's the one thing? What's the one tangible that sticks out? What's the one question you want answered heading into this fight between Cater and Emmett? Is it just as simple as volume versus power, or is there something else that really stands out to you? I mean, that's definitely a huge aspect of it. I'm a little curious to see... Uh, Emmett go five rounds. I mean, I, 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 I mean, Cater certainly could finish him, and we know Emmett. Like I said, he's got that one punch knockout power. Could finish uh, Cater early. I don't see that happening. I think we're getting at least two competitive rounds, uh, and I think we are going to see the championship rounds. And uh, Emmett has not had to go there in the UFC. I think he's only done it once in his entire career. This is a long, long, long time ago. So I mean, he's he, we know he so he's shown he can, uh, but also that's also a different level of competition. This is pre that was pre UFC. Five rounds against a guy like Calvin Cater, who cuts that kind of pace and presents the kind of problems that he does. That's another story altogether. And, and who, who hits you and tags you as much as Calvin Cater does. You know, people always say you can have amazing cardio. You get knocked in the head. Uh, you take a few clean shots to the head. That gas tank just it just drains. It just depletes it. You know, nothing nothing depletes the gas tank like uh, like punches connecting. So I do want to see if, if things aren't going well for Emmett. Uh, in the first two, three rounds, if he drops two of the, for the first uh, two of the first three rounds, or drops all three of the first three rounds, um, will he be able to bounce back? Will he still be a one punch knockout threat? Because you know that is sort of um, the narrative, the commentary will be will be talking about. Should it go to the championship rounds, and should uh, Emmett be behind? Is is like, oh, how dangerous he still is, and he just needs that one moment. And I think it's true, but I I actually think if it gets past the third and Cater is is ahead. Uh, I think he's going to cruise. I think he's going to kind of cruise to a, to a decision win. I have, I have that much confidence in him. Yeah, this will be the second main event for Josh Emmett in the UFC, of course. The Jeremy Stevens fight. We all know how that one ended. It was kind of controversial. It was also very violent, and Emmett was out for a little while. This will be the fifth main event for Calvin Cater. Fourth straight. Four, this will be the fourth five-round main event. Of course, the fight with the now-retired Zabit Magomed Sharapov was a three-round fight. But Cater has certainly the experience in all three of those five-round fights, Ige, Holloway, Chikadze, all of them went five rounds. So I think it's a very safe bet. I think it's very fair to say that Cater has the experience advantage in, in these types of situations. So we talked about this a little bit on BTL, but let's just say, let's say Cater goes out and just does what he did to Giga Chikadze. Let's say he goes out there 49-46 him. 50-45, something like that. Hurts him a couple of times. Styles on him a little bit in the fifth round. In, in, in verse, if Emmett does something similar, how close are they to a title shot? Or is it just we have to wait and see how the title fight plays out? I mean, obviously, if Holloway wins, that changes everything. But if we're talking about the number one contender, 
because Yair and Brian Ortega are going to fight. I kind of take Ortega out of this discussion for right now because Ortega's fought both Volkanovski and Holloway, lost both those fights. Pretty one-sided, of course, the Volkanovski fight with Ortega. One incredible round that we'll be talking about for years to come, but you have to think it's a three-horse race here. What does Emmett or Cater need to do outside of just winning this fight to really head of Yair and just this number one contender discussion? Uh, look, look, you know, it's so weird to say that Emmett, uh, Emmett's path to possibly getting a title shot off this is a little bit clearer. If he gets some crazy knockout of Cater in the first, you know, really first round, second round, he's going to get on the mic. He's going to call for a title shot. He's going to say all the right things. And he has the benefit of not having a recent loss to one of the sort of that that uh, quartet at the top, that yeah, Yuri Rodriguez, Brian Ortega, Volkanovsky, Holloway thing. It, it sucks that because Calvin Cater fought Max Holloway, um, like, and yes, it was a lopsided loss, but that 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 hurts his chances. But I mean, it, it, that is kind of how combat sports, or at least specifically M- M- MMA mm-hmm. and the UFC work, is in, in the minds of the fans, it'll be like, oh, well, we saw you, we you know, you didn't get a title shot. But we saw how you fared against a former champion and, and and how you went, you know, an elite guy, a top two, top three guy, right? Like we saw how that went. So it's 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 to Josh Emmett's benefit that yeah, he has that loss to Jeremy Stevens, but he's also on this, he's also on this four fight win streak. We haven't seen him uh, get his chance against a top five guy. So it, there's there's a freshness there. I, I know it sounds it sounds so silly. Um but that, that is how these things go. If anything, if anything, we should be you know applauding Calvin Cater for taking fights like Max Holloway for being one of the guys who fought uh, as a beat in the UFC. But uh, but Emmett, yeah, he can really steal steal that spot, and in a way, in a way, has a chance to like get closer than Cater can. Um, even if Calvin Cater knocks him out, I think it'll be a tough sell just because the Max Holloway fight is still somewhat fresh in people's minds. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong about this. Maybe I'm putting too much weight in that loss. But I do feel like that that put a ceiling on uh, cater for some people while for Emmett, people still don't know what the ceiling is. So, so it's a matter of uncertainty. Yeah. I think if, if cater goes out and wins a decision or just has another great performance like he had against Giga, I think he, if he wants the belt or at least a shot at it, I think he's a big Brian Ortega fan. I think he becomes a big Brian Ortega fan because if Ortega beats Yair, I mean, who else are you going to put in there? Can't put, I mean, I guess you could put Cejudo in there, but maybe Volk goes up to 155. If he beats Holloway, who the hell knows? But AK, your official pick here, I think you said it, but just to reiterate, Boston finisher without a finish. Boston finisher with a Boston I think so. I'm really tempted to say that Cater can put him away in the later rounds because I, 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 like I said, I, I think he is going to win the first three. Like I just think he's a, just a better, more technical striker, the, like the footwork, like all that. Um, and if he does that, I could see like Emmett having to take a risk in in the championship rounds uh, and get and maybe get taken out that way, or Cater just turning up the heat and like you know not being satisfied with having the first three rounds uh, and saying like you know I I want to put this away, I want a guy away, I want to make this statement, um, I want to silence the doubters like AK Lee and the rest of the media out there who think I have the ceiling, um, and I and I want to get a finish, not just you know not just cruise, not just cruise. I don't want to just cruise to a decision. I want to get a, I want to get a say it was a dominant win going to the championship rounds, and I want to get a highlight in the championship championship rounds. So I'm tempt. I'm sticking decision, uh, but I'm going to feel very foolish if, uh, about not predicting a uh, fourth or fifth round finish for for Calvin Cater. Yeah, I think kind of going back to the question I asked earlier about the the one thing that really stands out to me about and w- which would kind of sway me one side or the other. Yeah, it's the volume versus the power. I get that. 
It's the experience of Cater, but it's the durability of Cater as well. The guy could take punishment. He could take a shot. And yes, I know that as years progress and as more fights go down, the more of these crazy wars and the punishment he takes is going to catch up to him. But I don't think it's caught up to him yet. And Emma can crack, no doubt about it. But I think Cater's been in there with guys who are a little more elusive that can hit just as hard. And I think Cater's pretty much seen a lot of what Emmett has to offer. Now, Emmett could just mix things up altogether because we know Tyson Chartier, the New England cartel, they do things by the book. They have a game plan. It's very meticulous. Maybe Emmett comes out and just wrestles Cater, just wrestles him to get the win, which is, which actually wouldn't be a terrible idea. Cater can wrestle too, but Emmett is, the credentials are better on the Josh Emmett side. Having said that, I'm still going Calvin Cater decision. I think it's a competitive one. I think the scorecards will read something like a 49-46, but I think there's going to be a couple rounds in there where like, damn, that was fun and that was really close and we have to weigh volume versus damage. I don't know. But I think I think Cater's going to have a very similar a very similar path because we saw we saw Emmett fight Dan Ige not that long ago and Ige, the durability, if you can be durable against against Emmett you can hang in there because there's people who thought Ige won that fight against Josh Emmett. So I think Cater can weather the storms and I think he'll get it done via decision. It'll be a, a good win on the resume. Will it be enough to get him a title shot? I don't know, AK. I don't know. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. But speaking of Massachusetts and speaking of New England, New England representing in the co-main event as well, Joe Lozon versus Donald Cerrone, the co-main event, legends matchup, so many bonuses between these guys, so much bonus money between them. Right, right now, Cowboy, minus 165 favorite, the comeback on Joe Lozon, plus 140, AK, this has to be a co-main event, right? This this defines this is the definition for you. We're good here. There's no this is this is not second to last fight in any way, shape, or form. No, certified, certified. Uh, again, like, like we said, the Ooh. criteria for these you know co-main events has got to be like: is there an obvious like contender shot on the line? Even if it's you know again, there's no guaranteed number one contender shots in the UFC. But like, is it being? It could it be built up that way? Are there ranked fighters? Are there guys from the MMA fighting global rankings, or I guess the UFC rankings, if you care for that sort of thing? Uh, or in the, uh, in this case, you know, 
are there legends? Is or is there a legend involved? There's just one legend involved. This has two. This is two. I I don't think it's an exaggeration at all to call either of these fighters legends. Um, they are just two of the most exciting, longest tenured guys in what has traditionally been the deepest, toughest division in all of MMA. They have fought everyone. It's amazing that they never fought each other up until this point. Uh, we were supposed to get this at 274, 274, right? So this happened. It's supposed to happen in uh, Phoenix, uh, but yeah. Now instead, we're getting we're getting strangely two two uh, New England uh, Calvin Cater and Cholazon in uh, in Austin, Texas. So I don't know. You guys figure that out. But um, happy that we're seeing it together. They weighed in. Fingers crossed. Uh, no more uh, no more delays than they have to Cerrone. But yeah, it's a fascinating fight. It's just amazing. This is um, UFC appearance number thirty eight for Donald Cerrone. Number twenty eight for uh joel design and then that's not even counting uh don Cerrone's 10 wec appearances he of course wants to be the first he, the only fighter ever to do 50 combined ufc and wc appearances so he needs this one and then two more after this one to hit that uh, that magic number of 50 how's he gonna look you know i don't know i don't know but um it would be it would have really been a shame if this matchup had never happened and i love that um joel design is in the position where he just kind of can take fights whenever he wants uh so uh listen this could have main evented a fight night card you know cerrone still has that name and the fight potentially still has that much excitement but as a co-main to a fight like cater and emmett it's perfect it's perfect yes two boston guys fighting in austin maybe they just uh the ufc brass watched the movie road trip and they tom green threw them off with austin austin massachusetts so maybe that's what they were (laughs) thinking here and they just they just got a bit of a stake but I like this matchup for a number of reasons. Also, I like the freedom that both guys are bringing to this. Like they're not taking the whole, is this your last fight pressures in with them? They're just going to see how this thing plays out and go from there. They're not thinking about retirement. They're not thinking about walking away after the fight. You can ask them those questions, but it just seemed like both guys were, were free and loose and relaxed. And Lozon's just kind of handling this the exact same way as the Jonathan Pierce fight. Dana White said that, I said Joe could take this fight, but he had to promise me he's retiring. Joe never said that. He showed me that I've seen the text messages to prove it. It was never like that. We'll see how this one goes. If it goes bad, I'll probably be done. If it goes well, probably take another fight. So do you feel, and we can never really know this, and only two people really know the answer to this question, maybe a couple more coaches and stuff, but do you feel as if the loser of this fight, this will be the final time they could beat inside the octagon? Maybe the winner. I don't know. You know, I'll say this: We won't with with if Joel Dazan loses, we won't know on fight night. He just doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who's going to make that decision in the moment. He's everyone knows Joel Dazan's one of the most like cerebral, you know, well spoken, like thoughtful guys that you find in this business. Um, and if he's going to retire, it'll be it'll be like quietly. You know, even if he lost, it'll be like, he'll take a week, he'll take two weeks, maybe he'll he'll tweet about it or do make an Instagram post. But he, I don't think he needs that like he needs to create that moment in the cage. I could be wrong. I could right. He would certainly deserve it. If he decided to do that, Joel Azan deserves to have an in the ring, in the cage, uh, post fight microphone retirement moment. I'd be very happy. I just don't see him doing that. Cerrone, uh, has a little bit more of the flair for the dramatic and it's definitely more emotional. I mean, the guy, listen, he wears his heart in his sleeve for better or for worse. Uh, whether you like the guy or not, he's, he's very, uh, forward and honest with his thoughts and opinions and emotions. And were he, I think, were he struck with the thought of retirement, um, should he lose to Joel Azan, I, I think he would. I think he, he would make the call. Um, do I think he's thinking that heading into Saturday? Probably not. Probably not. But 
again, as someone, uh, cowboy, who has spoken openly about kind of like just the 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 tornado of emotions you feel inside of you uh, before a fight, he, he could be thinking something completely different once he steps in the cage, once the fight is over. Um, I could, I, I know he's not going to retire with the victory. I do think he wants to go uh, for you know for that fifty UFC WC combined fights if he wins. But I think he will have to at least think about think about retirement if he takes another loss because it's not getting any easier in there. Um, and I don't know if he he's made. I don't know if he wants to just drag it out just to hit some you know some uh, some round number. Yeah, I think I think maybe Lozon will will move on if he just gets run over, which I'll make my prediction in a moment. Cowboys a little different, but I think if they go out there and just have a fifteen minute war and. Lozon loses a split decision. I don't think he's going to be done. I think he's going to be satisfied with that and felt like he could hang. And he still feels like he feels like he can hang with his young up and coming whippersnapper team. He has over at Lozon MMA, those legendary sparring sessions that happen on Saturday mornings, that part of the state. So pick time. Can Cowboy get it done as the favorite or will Joe Lozon come in to Austin, Massachusetts as a plus 140 dog and spoil the party? Hey, I was leaning towards Cerrone so heavily um, just because he has, like, in the past pro- probably fought the slightly higher level of competition. He's gone farther in the division. You know, he's fought for a UFC title. But then I just think about, man, it, it really does feel like the slump is very real. It's not just bad luck. I mean, he's lost some good people. You know, he shouldn't be – there's nothing, no shame to some of the people that Co- Cowboy has lost to during this, this winless streak. But I, I worry about his ability to pull the trigger. I worry about his ability to take damage, to push through adversity like he used to. Um He's always been a slow starter. That's the other thing. One thing everyone's pointing to is, you know, Joe Lazan, fast starter, uh, does a lot of damage in the first round, and Cerrone could get caught early. And while I think that's like almost too obvious a way to look at it, I also think that these guys, we know who they are at this point in their careers. Um, I don't think they're going to surprise us. So I do think Joe Lazan will come out hot. Is he going to put Cerrone away in the first round? Um Gosh, it's it's a it's a gutsy pick to make. I will go. I'll, I'll I will go with sort of the popular the popular breakdown of this. I think I think uh, a little clubbing and subbing. I think we do get get some exciting exchanges on the feet. I think Storm is going to get hurt, and I think uh, Lozan's going to going to go in for the kill and get get some kind of choke. And then after that, I don't know what, what's going to happen with uh, with Storm in his career. But um, yeah, let's go with Lozan for the upset. And he really shouldn't be that much of an underdog. Yeah, I mean, plus money on either guy would be interesting because I think it's a 50-50 fight at this point. Mm. But again, I just I, the Lozon getting shot out like a pistol to Cerrone's very laxed opening five minutes just favors Lozon in such a big way. I think Lozon just comes out like a like a wrecking ball, and he gets one back for the Boston Celtics. I think that the New England sports scene will will be a little happier on Saturday evening with victories in the last two fights for their fighters i got i i think lowe's on tko round one i think he catches donald with something maybe catches him slipping a little bit before donald starts to get cooking and Lozon's just one of those guys that if he has you hurt he smells blood and he puts you away whether it's cowboy or his little brother dan doesn't matter if he hurts you he's putting you away and that jonathan pierce win in boston has aged incredibly well so give me joe Lozon to to get it done but Again, kind of a wild pick. Anything can happen in this fight. Nothing would surprise me either way, but that's just what my gut's telling me. That's what it told me heading into UFC 274. And all we're given is Joe Lowe's on a couple extra weeks to prepare. But I'm excited to see it. Good main card overall, AK. We got Kevin Holland versus Tim Means. Love that fight. Joaquin Buckley versus Albert Duraev. 
Demir Ismagulov versus Guram Kutataladze, and then it's going to kick off with Julian Marquez versus Gregory Rodriguez. Interesting prelims as well. Outside of the two fights you talked about, AK, what's the main card fight that that has you fired up? What's the one? Oh, I could not love this Julian Marquez Gregory Rodriguez matchup more. I love it. I love it. I think I think both guys are uh, are either going to be have like good, long, compelling, entertaining UFC careers, or accidentally fight their way into like a, a title shot or number one contenders bro. I, I just think i think they're both so skilled and so like they have distinct personalities which is always fun and distinct fighting styles i i don't i think we're scraping the surface with what people have seen of gregory rodriguez in the ufc i mean he's an amazing grappler and he hasn't shown enough enough of that i feel um he because lo- he's got great power he's, he's loving standing and banging he's loving getting knockouts so um good for him i guess but I do think we'll see a little bit more of uh, the mixing of the martial arts in this fight. And he'll have to because I think Marquez is also like a really talented guy um, who, you know, his quirky personality kind of belies that. There's a lot There's a lot of potential there um, to possibly become top 15, top 10 guy with the right matchups. I think they're both, you know, two or three fights away from that. I think they definitely need to uh, – you know, you know, just just, just sharpen, sharpen their games a little bit. Maybe just focus more on their strengths than necessarily having fun. But while we're having fun – uh, you probably can't do a lot better than this at middleweight. So I love it. Yeah, Julian Marquez, Gregory Rodriguez, great choice for main card opener. And uh, again, whether it goes an exciting three rounds or someone smokes the other dude, I am expecting a finish. Um, either way, I think it's going to be, uh, it's going to set the card, the main card off right. Yeah, you can make an argument for all these fights. I'm going with Demir Ismagulov versus Guram Kutataladze. One, because yeah. I love saying both of their names. Guram Kutataladze. Like, you just have to say it like a ring announcer, <laughs> and then you'll never forget it. But Demir Ismagulov is just a savage, man. He's won 18 in a row. Dude has just been looking good, undefeated in the UFC. And Guram, we haven't seen him in a while. He's been one of those on-to-the-next-one matchmaking suggestions that – we never really know how to implement him in because we haven't seen him since the Matush, the Matush Gamera win. It's been a couple of years dealing, dealing with some injuries, dealing with some other things, but he is ready to go. He's back, and I love this fight. Two guys who could find themselves. I don't know if this is a top 15 break-in kind of a fight, but it's very, very close. It puts them in one of those types of positions where you look at a Brad Riddell, Jalen Turner fight, or you look at, you know, uh, Sarukian Gamrot fight, maybe not for Kutatsalatse, but maybe you could sell that rematch. Or you look at RDA, the the Rafael versus Rafael matchup, and maybe the loser of this fight could find themselves in a matchup with the winner of this fight. So we'll see who's going to take that next step at 155. It's such a deep division, so talent ridden in the top 25 to 30. And we will see which one of these two guys, these very promising prospects, will take that next step up the proverbial ladder. Before we go to the peeps, AK. Low-key banger. What's the one? What's the prelim fight? What's this? What's the fight on this card you have circled that maybe you haven't seen a lot of chatter about, but you want to shine some light on it right now? I mean, this card's kind of full on them, but I'm going to go more a low-key performance to look out for. Jed, uh, you know, I did do the uh, No Bets Barred podcast with Jed, and he really reminded me uh, why. Like there, there was a, So there's a fight on the, on, on the preliminaries. A strawweight belt between Maria Oliveira and Gloria De Paula. Uh, Gloria De Paula and De Paula is a significant favorite, uh, despite I think she hasn't. Oh, she is coming off a win. She's coming off a, a, a really nice decision win. 
Um, but otherwise, like, is only three UFC fights in, and I'm like, she's one and two in the UFC, and I'm like, should she be so heavily favored? She's like, a, you know, well over a two to one favorite against uh, uh, Oliveira, and <laughs> I was reminded that Oliveira kind of has a a, a, a Mozarovian record, if that's fair to say. Uh, not that it's fake, but it's a little, it's a little padded. It's a little, uh, it's a little soft. Uh, so the odds are over there for a reason. And I bring this fight up because this could be a really nice showcase fight for uh, for Gloria De Paula. So uh, I'm telling people to look out for that one. I think I think we tend to overlook some of these lower tier um, strawweight and women's flyweight fights, which I don't understand why the, the, the divisions are pretty thin. So usually when they sign someone, they're good. Though I guess there have been some exceptions to that. Uh, but in this case, I think I do want to see what we have with her. She is a heavy favorite for a reason. So this could be a showcase. Either, uh, again, either maybe we get an exciting finish or uh, or like a three-round kind of styling by uh, Gloria Napoleon. So let's be able to watch, watch out for that one. You might, you might get some unexpected entertainment value out of it. Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm not going to say Adriana is Tony Kelly because that's not really a low-key banger. Everyone's talking about that fight, of course. An interesting wrinkle added on. Tony Kelly missed weight by a pound and a half. So... 20% of the purse goes to Adrian Yanez. And man, talk about a, a rough couple months for one Tony Kelly between the cornering and the weight miss here. And Adrian Yanez is just going to be over like Rover in his home state of Texas. So that fight's going to be really good anyways. Like I, Tony's a good fighter, despite how you may feel about him. He is a good, exciting guy. And I think this could be a scrap for as long as it lasts. But I'm going to go like a little off the board here because no one's really talking about this fight. Two vets, two guys who one has been in a title fight, one seemed to be like a couple wins away from a title fight, and then he's just had a whole string of bad luck and tough matchups. Cody Stamen, Eddie Wineland is a really interesting fight because Wineland's lost his last two. He's been knocked out in his last two in the first round. Sean O'Malley, John Castaneda, and Cody Stamen has had to run the freaking gauntlet, man. All his losses in the UFC to the current champion, Aljamain Sterling, has the draw to Song Yudong, which a lot of people thought Stamen won that fight. Beats Brian Kelleher with everything that has gone on after losing his brother. Then he fights Jimmy Rivera on like a week's notice in Abu Dhabi on Fight Island. Then he has to fight Marab and gave Marab a tough fight. I mean, Marab won clearly, but it was a tough fight. And then he has to go and fight Saeed Nurmagomedov and gets gillied in under a minute. So the guy's been going through a pretty tough stretch. Wineland's been going through a tough stretch. I'm curious to see how this one plays out. I feel like this is, I'm not going to say the easiest matchup. That's not the right word because Eddie Wineland is a dog. But this seems like the right piece of business for Cody Stabat. I feel like every fight this guy has been in, it's either been against a guy that's probably in the top 10 right now, a champion, a guy who's going to be in the top 10, or a guy who could be fighting for the belt. He's had a very tough run in the UFC. He's not taking any easy fights at all. And I think this is the kind of fight we need to see, like if Cody Stamen is the guy, like not champion guy, but if, if he could stick around because the UFC giving him another chance here. A lot of people felt like after the Demaga Madoff loss, the UFC might cut bait, but obviously they see something in Cody. They're giving him another shot. So this, the stakes could be high here. This could be uh this could be win or go home for either of these guys. So interesting fight. I think both guys are going to come out like a house of fire and I'm excited to see it go down. Of course it will go down at 4 PM Eastern, which I love prelims 7 PM main card. And then we'll have your post fight show and all that stuff. We'll have the people's pre fight show right before that three 30 Eastern right here on the MA fighting YouTube channel. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear. Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let us welcome in producer extraordinaire, E. Casey Lydon. We have a question from from the past, from the past, in the post fight show. I think she, I think she it? does. I think she does. Yes. Yeah, I, want, <laughs> I, I wanted to keep. I, this is from our, our old <laughs> last preview show, but I just really enjoyed this uh, last question because I'm pretty oh. sure Jed went off. About ten minutes and how dumb this question. Was. Oh, yeah. Sorry for any any of, any of our podcast listeners. This is a question from last week, just asking about a Tyler Santos's chances against Valentina Shevchenko. Uh, do you think she could be her toughest competition in four or five years? And I, I was yes, I I was on the Tyler Santos train by the way. So, were you? I think you were. Good gonna, time. No, you were I observing was, the train. You were. You, it is. You, it you, is. You, you acknowledge there was a train. Listen, I write predictions. Listen, my predictions sadly are in print but in this one time it actually vindicated me because it, it is said like yes i do tend to talk up these challengers but like this time i feel really strongly about it <laughs> he nailed it he nailed the prediction yeah, yeah. let's right. go to the peeps oh what's the poll result so far ak oh so far 7.4 is leading with 47 percent. that sounds so confusing that's not <laughs> anyone what people are like what does that even mean <laughs> Wow. Let's just say, uh, let's just say, of the of the of the four options, uh, the the str- strongly uh, strongly agree, agree, disagree, strongly disagree. Uh, fans are in are in uh, for, agree. They are in forty seven percent agree. This is a good card. Yeah, it's a B. It's, <laughs> it's a B. It's a B. That's a, that's what we're looking. It's like higher than a, a B. Again, my yeah. poll is pretty bad. It's at least a B plus on paper. At yeah, least. I, I'm not. I'm not. Did anyone vote card. for the? Yeah. Did anyone vote for the one point five eight six three three four? A solid nine nine percent, and that's what? How dare you? That is hurtful. It's almost one out of ten. Troll. That is troll central (laughs) right there. Yeah. All right. So uh, you're talking about uh, kind of low key bangers. Uh, Cody Stamen, according to Tapology, um, straight up picks. Uh, He is the biggest favorite in the card, with ninety six percent of people picking Cody Stamen over Eddie Wineland in in a very likely loser goes home match, and. yeah, I was just I'm actually super shocked that uh Cater and Emmett, uh the odds are so wide. I thought that was a pick 'em fight coming into this. I thought I was like, I don't know who's gonna win. You know, yeah, it's no volume over power, but um the betting lines and the topology picks are very heavily in favor of Cater, of Cater having eighty six percent um people going for him. But take decision, in mind t- decision? Are they saying mostly Cater uh, by decision? I'm not sure actually. I'm not on that page, right? But take in mind, too, when K- – I mean, just in the weird how people see Cater and everything changes fight to fight, when Cater fought Giga, only uh, 18% of people thought he was going to win against Giga. So yeah, I changed. picked against him. 
his whole team was pissed at me for picking against them, but not picking against them here. They got mad. I definitely picked against them. No, they didn't get mad. There's just it was just like you're. They busted my balls a little bit. They were. Yeah, it was, it was okay. Face. Okay, yeah. Gator did an interview with me a few days after, and he he gave really? it to me straight. I apologized yeah. to him too. I'm like, I'm sorry, I picked against you. He he gave me some shit, and then we were good to go. I so. I I love being wrong, honestly. Like I love yeah. going. I love being wrong because that's how you win or learn. I <laughs> was like, that's <laughs> like yeah, yeah. Because like you because you, when you're wrong, that means you learn something about the fighter you just saw, and that, I think that's uh, for us. That's um that's the best we can ask for. Yeah. Yeah. I, le- I learn a lot. People, anyone who's read my <laughs> predictions, anyone who's read my predictions like week to week, are like, this guy must be learning all the time. He's the he oh, might yeah. be the the most learned man in MMA. He's he's the by, valedictorian of MMA media yeah, at this point. By, by that by that definition, Casey, I might be the most learned man. All right, here we go. Uh, oh, and my low key banger is Phil Hawes versus Jerron Wynn. I can't wait for that fight. Oh. I love wrestler versus wrestler. I love it. I, well, I think, Deron, well, I think you're uh, you're in for a treat, Casey. I think you're in for a treat, buddy. <laughs> I was he, he was the last guy to weigh in. He came in with like uh, Darren Wynn with like four three minutes to go, and he made it 186. Okay. But I was very worried he wasn't going to make weight. AK, I, I think this booking probably hurt your feelings because you were yes. lobbying for Robbie like no we were other. Lobbying for Robbie <laughs> for Tim Means, yeah, for Tim um, Means, he wanted that, and it could still happen. It could still happen. This could still happen. Of course, Robbie Lawler is going to fight in less than two weeks against Brian Barberina at UFC 276. But Kevin Holland goes out there and beats Tim Means, as the betting odds highly suggest he will do. What does this do for him? What are we looking at next? We don't have to make specific matches, but are we talking a top 15 guy? Are, are we that high on him if he beats a guy like Tim Means? Uh, I, I wouldn't be guaranteed. I, I think he could. He has the name for it. He has the reputation at middleweight. He was ranked. I think he was is still receiving votes at middleweight in our uh, MMA fighting rankings, which is which makes sense because he beat a lot of top guys there. He may go back up to middleweight. We don't know with him, right? He could become those fighters who bounces between weight classes. So he had. So if you just look at welterweight, obviously he only has the one fight, but. You have to include his middleweight accomplishments. He's looked, he's looked really good in, uh, against great competition in the UFC. Um, I think this win does a lot for him because I think it's so good that they matched him up or that he wanted to fight, however it came about. Alex Cowboy Oliveira and Tim Means, two guys who are super solid veterans, well-rounded fighters, um, guys who themselves have fought and beaten quality competition. Um and these aren't like sexy, but these aren't like sexy names. These aren't like you know, Kevin Holland's not calling out like like names that are, um, you know, that have necessarily have a lot of buzz around them. These are perennial tough guys that you know you need. I think you need to beat to make your name off of them and to show that you are serious about being a contender. You're not just jumping. You know, you're not just something between weight class for no reason. So I don't know if he quite is is is, is necessarily going to jump into a top fifteen or even top twenty fight after this. But this is how you build a resume. This is how you build a resume at 170. He kind of did it at middleweight too, right? Um, though he was a lot more active there. You, you, you just need to, to to beat these tough guys. Yeah, he could he could beat guys who are a little bit closer to him um, as far as like how much experience they have in the UFC welterweight division. But I think it's I think this is a really really smart matchup for him to take and for the company to put together. So I think it is a, a really big win. I'm not vaulting him up the rankings just yet, regardless of what happens. First round knockout for him, decision win, whatever if he wins. Um, but it, it'll imp- I will be very impressed if he can knock off Cowboy Oliveira and Tim Means in back to back fights. That's not easy to do. What do you think, Casey? 
Oh, I think Tim Means is, I think this is an incredibly tough fight for Kevin Holland. Uh, I think Tim Means is super good, super underrated. Uh, I don't think he's a top 10 welterweight, but um, I think in any day, like uh, on the right day, Tim Means can be any top, not any top 50. I don't think he'd be like a top five guy, but he's a guaranteed tough fight all the time. And um, I think Tim Means is kind of borderline top 15 welterweight. And um, this is a super tough fight for Kevin Holland. And I think um, Tim Means is a, is a guy fans don't really appreciate how tough he is. But I, this will be super exciting. And I would think Kevin Holland needs to take this to the ground to beat Tim Means. I'd be really shocked if he can win this purely standing against um, uh, a very mean fighter um, named Tim Means. But I've, I'm a big fan of Tim Means. I love the way he fights. I think it's just he just he just he's just nasty. He just looks like uh, he fights ugly and vicious, and I, I like those fighters. <laughs> I just like there's just there's not it's, it's not he's not like a, a beautiful fluid technical fighter. Like I wouldn't see him in glory kickboxing, but there's something just mean about the way he fights, and um, I, I I I really like this fight. I think and I think it's a super tough fight for Kevin Holland, but I am I am picking Kevin Holland by decision. But um, where where's the win due for him? Oh man. Um, I don't know if it does too much. I think it just, you know, he gets a, you know, one of those borderline outside, you no know, top 15 welterweights, I think. Yeah, he'll probably be looking at a Ponzibio, Jake Matthews type. Kevin Hall and Jake Matthews would be pretty damn fun. I see it. Yeah. yeah we'll see it. what happens. Yeah. Okay. We'll see what happens. Tim Means is a good fighter, but this has Kevin Holland taking an early lead and maybe trying to hang on written all over it. Because I feel like the longer this fight goes, the more it favors the Dirty Bird. I think so, But too. we'll see. Kevin Holland's second fight at 170 in the UFC. He looked good, great on the scale. So weight cut isn't, uh, isn't taking much out of him at all. But I love the fight. Let's see what happens. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, I don't really like... Uh, we've got a lot of questions about this. I don't, really, I don't really like questions like this, but I think it's worth talking about, though. Oh. Four-quarter sports. What's the likelihood we have Eddie Wineland, Cowboy Cerrone, and Joe Lozon all retiring tomorrow? Percentage, AK. 33, 66.6, 99.9, or 0. I mean, if they, taking the question, the phrasing of the question literally, all three of them, almost, I mean, highly unlikely. I, I would really doubt it. I would go like 25, 20% low or lower. I don't think they all. Whoever wins the, the Lausanne, if Cowboy wins, he's definitely not retiring. That's almost, he wants that 50, um, he wants that 50 fights, uh, WC, uh, the Zufa, as I say, keep saying, Zufa. He wants those 50 fights under the Zufa banner. He's not retiring. Um, Joe Lausanne, win or lose, yeah, maybe. But, but again, like I said, I don't think he'll do a fight night retirement. So... It won't happen tomorrow. And then Eddie Wineland. Eddie Wineland is is probably your best shot. He'll be thirty seven in a few. Uh, thirty eight, excuse me, in a few weeks. He's thirty seven now. He turns thirty eight in a few weeks. He's got a ton of mileage on him. Hard fights too. Uh, this is fight number forty. Pro fight number forty one. And he's been fighting at a high level pretty much the majority of his career. WEC, UFC. Um, yeah, I wonder. Now again, is he is he a guy who would do a fight night retirement? I'm not sure. I probably I could say I don't know enough of Eddie to to make that call, but I think more like I think kind of like um, I said about Lausanne, um, he would probably at least take a couple. He would take like a couple of days and then maybe give us an Instagram post or whatever social media Eddie Wineland, Eddie Wineland happens to use uh, and let us know then. So I'm almost confident like none of these guys will actually retire on fight night. Um, the most likely would be Cowboy if he suffered a devastating loss. Um, he would at least announce a retirement. Would he stick to it? 
I, I don't know about that. That's another question. But yeah, I'd say very, very slim chance that uh, all three or even one of these guys retires on, on Saturday. Yeah, right. with you. Will Calvin Cater ever fight Max Holloway again with a few wins? I say yes. I will feel this one first. It, trust me, trust me when I tell you if it was up to Calvin Cater, the answer would be yes. He would fight Max Holloway a thousand times if he could. He wants he wants round six, as he has said in many interviews. Do I think it happens? No, I don't think it happens. Maybe if Cater wins the title, it's a there's a possibility there. You could sell that rematch. I just feel that if Max doesn't beat Volkanovski, I mean, he could stick around at 145 if he wanted to, but I've said this before. I know Ariel said this maybe a week or two ago on his show. Max doesn't need the belt. Max is a big enough name. He's a big enough star without fighting for titles. He could just do fun fights that interest him. He could go fight, go up to 155 and fight Gaethje or Ferguson or even Connor or something like that. Like, I think he'd be more compelled to do that and just take on fun, challenging fights that get him out of bed as a, I mean, how could he beat Calvin? Like, how could he do it better against Calvin Cater? Unless he just, unless Cater won the belt and Holloway just really wants to win that, like try to win that belt one more time. Would he want to take that fight? I just, I don't know how you could do it any better than Max Holloway did against Calvin Cater. It's one of the top ease. It's in the conference. It's a top 10 all time. Great performance what Max Holloway did to Calvin Cater that night. I don't know how you could do it better. Cater would be super up for it. I just don't know what would motivate Holloway to, to be like, okay, I'll fight that dude again. What do you think, AK? To answer the question, will Cater ever fight Max again? No, no. I, I think kind of as you summarized, uh, Max just has too many other options. He has too many other options. Um, and speaking about guys who have a lot of mileage, he's had a lot of, he's had a lot of like tough fights, man. Whatever fights he has left in his career, whether it's three, four, 10, I don't know how long Max Holloway plans to fight for, uh, whatever fights he has left. Yeah. Unless it's for a title, unless Cater wins the title. Um, and, and, uh, you know, Max, sees a route to getting it back through him. I, I just don't know if he's going to use one of those last fights for a rematch that he, that he won pretty clearly the first time around. Um, again, it's super exciting match. I'd, lo- I'd love to see it again. And I think Cater would, probably do better um than he did the first time i think holloway would still win and i think holloway probably feels confident about that so it's just not a question he needs answered so uh so that's a that's a strong no for me yeah and cater got his licks in in that fight for sure he just got in like five times less licks than max holloway (laughs) did he landed the most strikes he's ever he ever landed in his career to that point against max and max looked like he was in a fight when it was over but Max was just on fire. I don't know if anybody was beating him that night. What do you think, Casey? Do you think we'll, we'll see Holloway cater two at any point? Um, doubtful for the more for the prize fighting reason, uh, more because um, cater would have to be kind of farther ahead in the rankings, and Max would have to kind of fall back a little bit. I think for that fight to happen, but I want to see it. Uh, I'm not. I'm not one of those guys like, well, Max won the first time, so he'll win every single time. Um, I believe. I believe at at the top level. You know, it's much like, you know, the NBA, you know, like you can, your team can blow out your team, blow out the other team in game one, then wind up still losing the series. You know, it's just, I think MMA at the high level is just that way. Once the ball starts, once the momentum starts going, especially if a guy like Max, it was just, Cater just couldn't catch up. Now you get to start over, even playing field, Cater learns from that experience. Um, I still, right now, Max is still just a better fighter than Cater, but in a couple of years, who knows? But um, will Cater ever fight Max again? Um, I doubt that just from a 
Max is, like you said, Max just wants big fights. Even though he's only 30. We're talking about Max already doing just... He's, Max is only 30. You know, like, he's not he's not past his prime or anything. Like, he's he's not, 45 in fight years. Yeah. You feel that <laughs> way, but, but yeah, we, but, you, but you look at him, talk to him. You know, he doesn't... He doesn't. He doesn't have that. He doesn't seem like he's worn down. You know, I think of guys like Glover Teixeira. Like Glover Teixeira just kind of always seemed old. <laughs> you know, yep. like he, he, they were just like Glover, Glover Teixeira when he was 22. He was still a 42 year old man. Like like like, like, like the Guerras. They were just kind of always these old men fighting. Uh, Max still feels young, even though we've seen him so many times. So uh, I doubt it, but that's a fight I would like to see. And uh, if the, hey, if the, everything lines up right. I mean, lines up right with wins and losses, man. Good, good, good for Calvin if he can get that fight again. Because that, because that's a nasty sure. one. Because like that, that's twenty five minutes that that's just that's in our minds. We always, no matter how good Cater will be, I think we always kind of see that, you know, like man, he got he got whooped up for twenty five minutes. Like if he only got knocked out in the first round, we would be like ah, freak knockout, things happen. But for some reason, when it was just twenty five minutes of that. It's just, um, it's, I feel like that image is burnt into our memory a little bit. Mm -hmm. And it was that moment in the end of the fight, too, when Holloway was talking to the commentators and was kind of styling on Calvin. Yeah, yeah. It was like no look hitting him and like playing defense while talking to DC. Like, that's kind of, that's that's one of those things that we can't really forget either. But yeah. hey, if Caden can get back to that fight, yeah. he's doing things really well. That's for yes, damn sure. Yeah, that'd be impressive. Um, let's talk about the other side. Does Emmett get a title shot if he knocks Cater out early? I think he's got a very compelling argument for it. That's for damn sure. It, I mean, I feel like yeah, I feel like, I feel like if Yair just beats Brian Ortega, if Volk wins, I think the UFC will lean towards that fight more than any other one. I just feel I don't know. There's something about just seeing a fight poster with Yair's face on it opposed to Emmett or even Cater or Ortega. There's just something about Yair that just gets everybody fired up for some reason. So I think we're kind of at the point where we're running out of time for Yair to fight for the belts. We need him to be, they need him to be Brian Ortega to get there, which is going to be no easy ask. But I feel like if Yair wins that fight, he's going to get it no matter what happens. But I could be wrong, but that's just the way I feel right now. Casey, your thoughts? Um, Yair has to lose Ortega. That that's first, yeah, 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 hundred percent. That that's just first. I mean, yeah, yeah. He he's he's always been he he's he has that it factor. He just does whatever that it factor is that where you want to see him in the main or co-main event for big fights. Yeah, yeah, has that. Josh Emmett, for as good as he is, it sounds kind of cruel, but he just doesn't, he doesn't have that it factor for just moving needle for fans to watch. Yet, um, a big knockout over someone tough as nails like Calvin Cater especially early in the fight that could change things a great promo by Josh Emmett could change things but Yair has to lose to Ortega yeah it's just crazy too because had he not gotten so injured in that Shane Burgos fight I think the needle was moving because that fight was so good and he looked amazing in that fight and I think people really starting to get on board the Josh Emmett train and then in all those injuries happened in that fight, and he was out for so long. It's, it's a momentum thing for him. He, he, he just yeah. loses a minimum all the time, and uh, it's just unfortunate <laughs> for his career. But, uh, yeah, it's just momentum. AK, Emmett, if he knocks I, Cater out in the first round, does he get the title shot over, no matter what happens July 16th? I touched upon it before. I still think he benefits from being, like, f fresh is not the right word because 
He's kind of been, been around as Calvin Cater. They 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 debuted with the UFC around the same time. I think I mean a little bit earlier, like maybe a year or half six months before, um, but around the same time. It's just that again, we we other than I guess Jeremy Stevens, who was ranked at the time, I think when they fought, we haven't seen. It's it it's not fans have not seen him lose like Calvin Cater lost to Max Holloway. And the funny thing is, if Max Holloway fought Josh Emmett, honestly, it probably would have gone the same way. I think. I think I think Max Holloway would have styled on Josh Emmett just like he did on Calvin Cater. Agreed. But because that, because that fight didn't happen, it, it, there's at least this thing in your mind like, wow, man, how would Josh Emmett do against Max Holloway? You know, how would Josh Emmett do against uh, Volkanovski? I mean, and again, some of those questions exist for Calvin Cater too, but it's just because, uh, yes, he's been hurt by, like you guys said, not, just not being able to uh, talk about Emmett not having that chance to string together this nice consistent run of wins but he also hasn't had like these very notable significant losses except for the, the really really ugly um jeremy stevens ko outside of that again it feels like there, there's a bit of an x factor there and people like in, in combat sports people like an x factor they really do so that's that's so I'm, i i think he i think he's still at least one more fight away but i do think he can get himself right in the thick of that conversation with an early knockout of, of calvin cater or or a decision win by the way if he wins by decision That'd be amazingly impressive as well, because everyone, sure. including us, as we just said earlier in the show, we expect this goes five rounds. I mean, Cater's going to school him. If Emmett wins a, a five round decision, that's almost pretty much that's like just as good, if not better, than a, than a knockout. No, knockouts are better. I mean, they're always better, but you know, I'm just <laughs> you know, sometimes I just, I just say run. things to say. No, things. I, I just say I, things I, to say I, things, Casey. I think I'm just filling airtime. I'm just filling airtime here. <laughs> I think for Emmett as a fighter and his coaches, yeah, fighting 25 minutes dominantly will be good for him as a total as a fighter. But in terms of promotion, yeah, they want that knockout. <laughs> but yeah, I, understand I what mean, what it, yeah, what it is is like it's like finding $1,000 on the ground. You pick it up and put it in your pocket. It's awesome. That's a knockout. A decision is like you find that $1,000 and you put it into some sort of stock and it goes up like 0.8%. Like it's, it is better in the long run in the future. It adds up and builds and we look back upon it a little more fondly and more memorable in a way it tells the story a little longer as opposed to a knockout. But listen, it's a thousand dollars either way. Money's money and a win is a win and Emma will take it however he can get it. But yeah. I don't know you if know, that analogy made any sense. Yeah, at all. I, I, if, if Emmett does win a decision, if we get to see like, uh, just power striking, volume striking, wrestling, just good control on the ground. If we get to see the whole mixture of the martial arts, then maybe it could, it'll be a, a good thing for fans and the promotion to go, oh, okay, Emmett, maybe he maybe he has kind of turned that corner and became, become more than just, you know, a knockout artist. Much like um, we kind of saw Jake Matthews last week in the sense that we kind of thought him as not a mid-tier welterweight but you know he was good but we do all of a sudden like oh my god this is a new fighter if we see something completely new with him and exceptional maybe a decision will be uh will be good enough but um yeah yeah i'm, I'm really curious to see if he wrestles in this fight because he can wrestle we just don't yeah. see it that often because he's bolting everybody but i'm curious to see if he just goes out and starts chain wrestling and trying to take calvin down because if he does that it changes the entire complexion of the of the fight but maybe Cater's team is ready for that. Who knows? Yeah. And, you know, and your wrestling just makes your striking better because all of a sudden those hands start lowering, you know, got to get those underhooks and uh, boom, come over top. And yeah, it's exciting. Yep. It's, it's, it's a great main event. I'm super excited for it. <laughs> Excellent main event. Can we dub AK the purveyor of polls? There you go. Prince of Positivity, uh, POP, purveyor of polls. 
There you go. Perfect. God, I got to get that branding going. <laughs> get a tattoo, AK. Uh, oh, get a tattoo. You down, with, you, down, you down with POP? Yeah, you know me, right? We'll get one of those. <laughs> oh, jeez. Shout out to people oh, who got that right. If you got that reference in the comments, uh, type. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't know what they should. Stop. I should throw it. <laughs> okay, we're moving on. Say uh, the name of the group that sung that song. If you got that reference, there yeah. you go. People in the comments. Take it frame by frame, and there you go. You know it. You're a DJ. There you go. Wait, no, no yeah. one knows. Everyone knows who sang that song. If you know that song is so old. Casey, that song is so old. Do you know how old that song is now? <laughs> Yeah, thirty. It's got to be thirty now, right? Uh, over thirty. Close. It's at least. Oh, it's at least thirty years old. Uh, other people's yeah. polls. Other people <laughs> don't, do not. Don't mean, no, inappropriate. That's amazing. That's hilarious. <laughs> you have anything else? I don't know if we can top that. But. Yeah, Oh God! There will be on Saturday. I can't. Don't worry. There will be on. Or they were. They were on the last preview, right? On the last show. No, yeah, it it was mentioned, which was very odd because it was for Cowboys fight, but then Cowboy wasn't there, so they were just doing these promos for Cowboys film when he, you know, he got the poops before the fight and he couldn't do it. So, (laughs) oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what happened. We saw we saw the trailers for it during the film, and it was clearly because Cowboy was supposed to fight, but it was just kind of random. Who was it? Did anyone watch it? Look it up right now. Someone on Twitter mentioned today that it has one review. It only has one review so far on Rotten Tomatoes, and it is from a <laughs> oh at, at PDL eighty nine percent audience score. Oh wow! And listen, and that's that's the only score that matters for a lot of people who read Rotten Tomatoes. So don't worry, guys. Don't worry about those hoity-toity liberal art house critics <laughs> who didn't even who apparently didn't even bother to review the movie. If that tells you about their credibility, this movie a chance. Uh, Mike says eighty nine percent. You know. Now the other question is, how many people actually watched the movie before dropping a review? Yeah, I'm gonna guess not all of them. People. Yeah, I'm gonna guess that they, they didn't all actually watch the movie. But hey, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe all two fifty watched it and left a thorough review. Can you watch it right now? I found and the review. How, how do you? It's streaming you somewhere. It? I think. Oh, it's streaming. It's on Daily right? Daily so. Wire. I think. Okay. Oh, I found the review. Oh, wait, oh, wait for, for free? It's one no, sentence. Uh-huh. It's one sentence. Uh, it was from Christian Toto uh, mm-hmm. from, I mean, just a website that millions upon millions of people travel to every day. Hollywoodintoto.com, who says, quote, Gina Carano, Nick Searcy, add grit, gravitas to relentless wow. indie thriller. Ooh. That's it. That um, whole movie got us one sentence and wow. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, eleven <laughs> words. AK, an eleven-word okay. movie review. Hollywood in Toto. How about that? Well, I want to. I want to credit at PDL MMA, a very funny MMA commentator, uh, for pointing out that the one review saying that uh, none, none, apparently none of the major torrent sites are like they can't find it on there, <laughs> so people, are, people, are, people are not pirating it, uh, and that that critic, you, that critic you mentioned, apparently is a conservative, a well-known, a somewhat not well-known, but a somewhat notable, not even notable. He's a conservative critic. There you go. I shouldn't even yeah. say he's notable. <laughs> I'm on. I'm there's on your Medi- free plug. I'm on Medicare. I will not be right watching now. it. Ooh. I'm yeah, definitely not right gonna now. watch it. Yeah, I haven't even yeah. seen. I haven't even seen Top Gun yet. My kid's gonna want to see Lightyear. I want to go see Lightyear. I want to. I want to see. Don't watch. see. I, I, I've heard horrible things about Jurassic. Jurassic thing. Though, he has to do for the kid though. He has to do for the kid. Doctor, Al, our friend Doctor Alan Grant is back. How can we not okay. go support our? Yeah, yeah, our yeah. yeah where's Doctor Alan Grant in the comments? Where are you, Doctor Alan? He's Grant? he's saving or fighting 
feathered oh. raptors right now or whatever. Uh, Casey, did you see this? Speaking of the Cowboys, Cowboy, did you see this comment from CNC Comedy Factory in, on the, in the YouTubes? I will, I will read it out while you look for it. From CNC we'll Comedy end, we'll Factory. here. This is really good. Which of these upcoming Cerrone movies listed on IMDb? I have not checked this myself, so this could be made up. Which of these upcoming... There it is. Upcoming Cerrone movies listed on IMDb. Sounds the coolest. Slash, which of these movies did Cowboy learn the most MMA techniques from? The Z Team, or the Z Team, as we would say in Canada. The Z Team, Tommy Taffy, Mojave (laughs) Diamonds, or National Anthem? Are these real? I will look. These I'm looking real. it up right now. These um, aren't real. Uh, Mojave oh, Diamonds look, is real. Okay. okay. Oh, the uh, Tommy Grave. Taffy is real. The Z yes. Team is real. Devil's yes. Grave is real. He has several movies in post production. These bad boys are just ready to ready to get fired out of the cannon. Movies. Uh, <laughs> God, I hope it's Tommy Taffy. Tommy Taffy. I hey, hope it, he learned something from the filming of Tommy Taffy. I, I, you know what? If Donald wins, I hope he, I hope he shouts out Tommy Taffy on, on the mic with. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> by the way, by the way, I have the synopsis for Tommy Taffy. Okay. <laughs> a neighborhood Fourth of July celebration is interrupted by a ferociously bizarre anomaly, who overpowers a family in order to teach them how to become better people and more compliant citizens. There you go. Wait, is this like a family movie or a horror movie? It sounds like both. It could be either. It's a little both. Scary. No, it's not scary. It sounds scary. Like thriller. Uh, I don't know. It says horror thriller, so. Horror thriller. What is it? An entity? What was that? A what? An anomaly. An anomaly. An anomaly. Oh, my goodness. Z-Team is plot unknown, by the way. (laughs) Okay. Uh, That's even more compelling. Diamonds. Oh, I mean, the the role that Cowboy... uh, was born to play. And I believe I see Chael Sonnen's face on there on the poster okay. as well. Of Quentin Rampage Jackson will oh, be in this it's one, well. it's, 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 it's one of these. It's 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 one of these. It's one of these. A former MMA fighter and his brothers rescue their kidnapped family from a dangerous crime syndicate after fifty million dollars of illegal diamonds get stolen. Mojave Diamonds expected to drop in twenty twenty three. There's a lot going on in that synopsis. There was. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to see it. That I want to see it. I'm it. Amazing. The Z team, we have to assume, is a an A team riff, right? It's yeah, probably not like a par- not like a parody, but like like this is the mo- like the 21st century A team or something like that, right? I I God, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Flying cars, like all sorts of fun stuff. Shoulder pads with spikes, LOD style, like just just all out warfare. I'm ready. Um, yeah. We'll take one more if you got it. If not, I think uh, we uh, one more. One more because it pertains about it pertains to tonight's fight at PFL. In light of Steven's recent oh. beard shaving, which MMA wow. star would be virtually <laughs> unrecognizable without their beard? Wow. wow. That's a great question. You, you would have said, imagine Hamza without a beard. No, I don't want to. Yeah, you don't, you don't want to. It kind of hurts your brain. It he kinda, probably has no chin. Like I no mean, Zabit Z- 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 probably would have been the correct yeah. answer. Zabit would have been pre-retiring. Keep an eye on that IG. I bet we will see him. I bet he will shave at some point, and we're going to see it and just like, whoa. whoa. I think Connor would be, Connor would, I mean, we've seen Connor we've without seen a beard, Connor like a as beard. a young, young man. But now he's like in his 30s, like how, and he's all yoked up. So I'm curious to see what he would look like now. Um, I mean, he's had a beard his entire UFC run. 
Uh, people are saying Arlovsky. Didn't Arlovsky also? Arlovsky won a title without a beard. We've seen him pretty, and my God, his hair, oh, his hair throughout the, the ages. It was luscious. It was all the curls. He is yeah. so lucky. Like, he, he, my God, he has had so many beautiful hairstyles. It's just amazing. Maybe someone like Paul Craig. Paul Craig would be weird without a beard. Oh, I don't want to see that. Yeah, I don't, I don't like it. Like, I don't, I don't Ew. like the sound of that. That's a good, that's a good one. That's a real good one. Just, Paul Craig, just, if you're out there, please don't. It just freaked don't me out. Do it. Yeah, don't do it. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. That, uh, might, that might be the answer. Ground yeah. Zero says Curtis Blades. Curtis Blades. Yeah. yeah. It's just not a, yeah. yeah Curtis Blades would look like he was, he was like 19 if he shaved his beard. I want, now that I do want to see. That I do want to see. <laughs> wow, that's, um, that's a, this is a great question. Yeah, we, we gotta some, you gotta do some, we need some filters, some, like no beard filters. Yeah. I'm stealing this for heck of a morning on Tuesday. <laughs> All right, uh, well. That's a great question. Well, great way to end. All right. <laughs> Again, 3.30 Eastern tomorrow. We'll be back taking your questions all the way up until the first fight of UFC Austin begins. But until then, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy your Friday. Go see Lightyear. Watch the PFL. Hang out with the fam. Do whatever you got to do. For AK, for Casey, I am Mike Heck. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.